Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. From Daytona Beach, Florida, this is Talking Motorcycles with Barry Boone. Talking Motorcycles, the radio show that covers the world of motorcycles and motorcycle racing. We're here to entertain you, inform you of new products, and enhance your love of motorcycling. Road race, flat track, touring, scooters, vintage, you name it, we discuss it right here on Talking Motorcycles. And now, here's your host, pro race announcer and third generation motorcycle rider, Barry Boone. Hello and welcome back to yet another episode of Motorcycle. And we've been a little bit uh, remiss, I guess, in a way, in not covering the Moto America series yet, but it hasn't been time yet. But now the time has come. Hello, everyone. I'm Barry Boone. I'll be your host again today in this uh, one-hour show that uh, we are going to feature the Moto America AMA FIM Road Racing Championship which is about to get underway uh, here in just a couple of weeks. We're really, really excited uh, to get the season uh, going. In fact, it's just a week from now or so. We'll all be loaded up and headed down to Austin, Texas. This uh, portion of the Talking Motorcycles program is brought to you by the Harley-Davidson Motor Company. And we'll talk a little bit more about a new Harley-Davidson model that I certainly uh, am pretty much blown away with and and i'm really looking forward to getting some quality time on one of these motorcycles i haven't had much just a little brief test ride is all that i got during bike week and i want to talk to you about the uh, new xg 750a i think it's a pretty cool concept and i'll tell you why uh, at the end of this little brief open but first let's talk a little bit about what's going to be happening uh, in the Moto America series coming up April uh, 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. The teams will all be in action for the uh, season opener of the 2017 Moto America AMA FIM North American Road Race Championships. And that's going to be fun down at Austin, Texas, a world class uh, theater uh, for motorcycle road racing. And of course, they are uh, going to be uh, they're somewhat, some might say, in support of MotoGP, but I think for all of us fans here in America, uh, it's uh, more of a mutual uh, billing, if you will, because I'm I am as excited, perhaps more so, about the Moto America season coming upcoming as I am about MotoGP ongoing. So we look forward to having two guests on to discuss Moto America. One of those is Wayne Rainey, and it's always really really cool to have Wayne on. I mean, you got to think a three-time 500cc world champion, uh, 1990, 1991, and 92, two-time AMA Superbike champion former MotoGP team principal, and now truly the face of Moto America. He, along with Chuck Axland, uh, former VP motorsports operation at Circuit of the Americas, uh, also was uh, managing director of Team Roberts USA and MotoGP teams, brings a lot to the table. Uh, also uh, on that great foursome is Terry Cargus, the uh, executive director of the world-famous Peterson Museum, former Roush Performance Senior VP, uh, a guy that's kind of been around this sport and done a few things, I would say, would you? And Richard Varner, uh, energy sector investor, CEO of uh, bespoke motorcycle brand Champions Moto, and one of the guiding influences on the Crave Group that is uh, Moto America. Uh, we're excited to have Wayne Rainey on. And then shortly thereafter, we will have on um, a guy who we've kind of, he's become our go-to guy for road racing in America and in some respects, flat track as well. And we just can't kick this season off without a, a chat with George latest of the uh, latest motors racing, uh, Quicksilver lubricants, uh, Kawasaki USA team uh, campaigning Kawasaki ZX tens again in uh, 2017. And again, about to get their season underway. So we'll uh, have two great guests, Wayne Rainey and George uh, latest will be joining us. And we can't wait to get it started. George, of course, the um, founder of Latest Motors Racing. He's also the owner of Latest Motors um, dealerships there in Gladstone and Eugene, Oregon. Originally from Montana, though, most people don't know that. The guy's passionate about motorcycles and motorsports in general. 
His involvement in uh, racing stems from a true love of competition, and I might say a true love of people, uh, because George is a high-quality guy who admires high-quality individuals and selects to surround himself with great people, and I'm proud to call him a friend and a friend of the show. So George Latest will be joining us, talking a little bit about Moto America and what's going to be happening. Again, we've got our season opener coming up uh, April 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. And then we make our way just uh, a brief week later to uh, Road Atlanta for uh, the classic round at Road Atlanta. I recall uh, at a, a time when there were as many as 60,000 people attending the big kahuna round there at uh, Road Atlanta. Uh, Honda Hill and all that great, great facility and a place where road race is going to going to come roaring back in 2017. In my view, I understand that uh, tickets are already selling. Uh, the event is April 28th, 29th and 30th. In fact, if you're listening in and around the Atlanta region, you can buy your tickets from a number of dealerships. I think about 12 motorcycle shops in Atlanta area. Uh, have come on board to sell tickets to the uh, Suzuki X-Star Championship at Road Atlanta, giving race fans the chance to purchase tickets while also giving us a chance to look at new motorcycles. And what is wrong with that, right? It's always fun to go visit our uh, dealers that keep the sport alive in America and power the industry. And, of course, round two will be underway right there in their back door at Brazelton, April 28th, 29th, and 30th. And uh, you can save $10 by buying your tickets at one of those dealerships there at Road Atlanta. And uh, that's always a good thing. Friday tickets purchased from dealers are only 10 bucks. Saturday and Sunday, one-day tickets are 30 each. The best move is to buy the three-day package um, from one of these participating shops. They'll cost you about 60 bucks, and a two-day package only being 50 So it's not expensive to attend one of the premier dates on the tour, Road Atlanta, coming up right around the corner. I won't give you the list of dealerships. There are 12 of them. You can find them at Moto America's website uh, by looking at the uh, article in the racing news about regional motorcycle dealers. But I think that's a cool thing to get the dealerships involved. That is what we talked about ad nauseum on this show. That is a driving force in road race and flat track in America to bring it back stronger than ever. And that is to get our dealerships involved. And for those up more in the Northeast region, really for that matter, anywhere on the Eastern seaboard, you can mark your calendars now because the uh, Virginia International Raceway round is going to happen May 12th through uh, the 18th. Looking forward to getting that one done uh, as well. Want to point out to you that uh, one of the cool things that's happened already in Moto America is they recently completed their Dunlop tire testing down at Coda. And I'm not going to talk about all the times and stats. Uh, it's, uh, there's, that information is everywhere. I guess I want to talk about stuff I love about motorcycle racing and road racing, and that's the, the new liveries. It's always exciting for me when a new season is about to get underway to see the paint sets that the various teams have chosen. Of course, Suzuki, uh, the Roger Hayden Yoshimura Suzuki uh, factory team, new paint livery, very, very nice looking uh, GSXR 1000 uh, red and blue package with a little bit of white thrown in for good measure. Uh, some of the other teams I thought were very, very impressive. I always liked the solid black, uh, Kyle Wyman racing effort, the millennium technologies, Lucas oil Yamaha. He's included a little red this year. Bike looks amazing to me. Uh, again, personal opinion, but I, I really like it. Who do I think has the best looking machine in road racing? Mm, I gotta say, uh, no favoritism here on the rider side or the team side. I love them all, but the uh, TOBC Racing Yamaha, I think, has the best-looking paint package out there. Uh, Danny Eslick's machine, especially in his matching leathers, the 69 bike looks so amazing. The TOBC logo prominently displayed something about the gold classic lo logo on the white paint, and I just think that is, to me, uh, the best-looking team out there. I'm also pretty much impressed with the uh, Honda Red on the um, – uh, Jake Gagne machine out of the Broster Chicken Road Race Factory. I think that bike looks really good, too. So it's really good to see the new paint packages. It is a great time in America, folks, to be a fan of road racing. Things are popping, and they're popping really good. Uh, you can you can see um, great detailed photos by the wonderful Brian J. Nelson, which I'm going to talk about him, too, in just a moment, because that's a, he's a big part, I think, of the Moto America story. We're going to talk about that. But you can see 20 photographs of some of the teams right there on the uh, Moto America website 
and I love it. It's cool. They're all action photos on the track, so it looks pretty pretty awesome. Um, new features on MotoAmerica.com that that I'm blowing blown away by. Um, I really really dig Brian J Nelson's uh, Brian's best. He has a now I think 14 parts. Uh, of the series that he is releasing one part at a time, showing his best photographs from uh, 2016 and 2017 uh, tire testing. Check out Brian's best on uh, Moto America's website and just look at the great photographs, truly capturing, painting with light to capture these motorcycles at speed, ridden in anger, just fabulous workmanship. I'm also enjoying the feature by James Morris, the technical manager for Moto America called uh, Tech Tips. And this week, their uh, topic is safety wiring and the all-importance of safety wiring. But from it's, I think he's already released about 14 of those, too. So you can go back and look at all of those and get lots of great tech tips uh, from James Morse and the circle of uh, technical geniuses uh, that he surrounds himself with. Um, let's see. What else is cool? I think it's cool that uh, the man with a van and a plan is back. I I uh, really am excited to see Hayden Gillum embark uh, yet again here in um, 2017. The uh, Cycle World's man in a van with a plan is back, and he is going to be road racing and running some American flat track rounds, obviously on uh, both on Suzuki's. The 2017 Suzuki GSX-R1000 will be his weapon of choice in Moto America uh, Superstock 1000, and the RMZ450 will be his weapon of choice um, in the uh, American flat track AFT singles class. Uh, of course, Rick Matheny on board uh, once again will be uh, crewing for, the, for him. And uh, at select rounds of flat track as well, they're going to campaign the whole season. And he's got his mind set on a um, championship this year. He, yes, he's talking championship is Hayden Gillum. And uh, who knows? I think he may have a shot at being a contender. Uh, either way, the young man is a quality individual with a great plan and exciting concept. And uh, kudos to uh, Cycle World uh, for once again backing man in a van with a plan. And if you want to, you can be sure and check out on Facebook and follow what they're doing. Hayden's a great kid to follow. Just he's really a young man now, but great guy, great package, cool marketing concept. And more than anything, it's so old school following one guy in a van traveling around America professional motorcycle racing. It kind of puts me back in the mind of uh, Mert Law, Will, and some of the greats from the past. And, and today, ladies and gentlemen, people are still doing that same thing. And Hayden is one of them. No semi-rig for this young man. He's doing it in a big old Nissan van, and I'm excited for him. Uh, also, I am looking forward to the results of the genuine Broster Chicken Honda team. Circuit of the Americas, of course, will be the place where they kick that off as well. Uh, Danny Walker's got a real good plan. Jake Gagne is going to be the man twisting the grip on that uh, on that motorcycle. And Honda is back. The CBR 1000 set to go. And I think for Danny, he's being realistic. He said, "You know what? We're we know it's a development year for us." From the beginning, we knew full well we were up against some stiff competition, and we were going to have to develop the Honda motorcycle uh, for road racing uh, here in America. And he's partnered with the Genuine Broster Chicken folks to make that happen. Very good combo, very good setup. Uh, they've only had the bike about uh, six or eight weeks, and they haven't had all the key components needed to turn it into a full-blown uh, race package until right now. But they did get a good test in down at Coda. Scott Jensen, the... Uh, formidable man turning wrenches and, and manning the uh, crewing on the motorcycle. Uh, very experienced hand, very, very great guy. And uh, I think we're going to see good things out of the team. Certainly, I'm looking forward to that myself. So we got to go. I think we uh, will check in here and see. Yes, sir. Wayne Rainey is in the queue. Uh, and again, I said this portion of the show is brought to you by our friends with the Harley-Davidson Motor Company. And uh, I want to talk to you just for one minute about the all-new street rod, not the street rod of old. This street rod is based on the XG750 platform. They're calling it an XG750A. If you haven't seen one and you're thinking you might be in the market for an urban attack vehicle, I highly recommend you take a look at this motorcycle. It's sport. 
it's kind of modern sport bike for me. I think the sports standard uh, field is growing. The number of bikes available in the category are excellent. And for my money, I think the XG750A holds its own in that category. And if you're a fan of Harley-Davidson, it is a beautiful, beautiful motorcycle. It's really all about the urban mobility. And uh, in, in the, uh, I can just see how much fun this bike would be riding the city surface streets. And in fact, that's how many people spend their time riding motorcycles is on surface streets. It has all the good stuff. I mean, it, it really does. It's got a 43 millimeter inverted front fork, uh, which is uh, pretty much uh, industry leading, I think, in this category. New high output Revolution X engine. Uh, that turns the max the uh, peak horsepower about 9,000 RPM. They've equipped it with drag bars and bar-end mirrors. The cool thing to me is that they've uh, put a real quality set of piggyback reservoir rear shocks on it, raising the rear ride height of the motorcycle, and that combined with the flat bars puts you in an attack position that is actually very, very comfortable, but it's super, super efficient. And your friendly Harley-Davidson dealer awaits your arrival for a test ride. When we come back, three-time world champion Wayne Rainey joins us to talk all about Moto America for 2017. It's going to be a great year. We're excited to kick our Moto America season coverage off for 2017. We're even more excited to have you on board to give it a listen. We'll be back in just about uh, two minutes with Wayne Rainey. Don't go away. Your ride is more than just miles. It's a mission to squeeze more freedom out of every click of the odometer. Introducing the 2017 Touring Bikes from Harley-Davidson. The powerful all-new Milwaukee 8 engine delivers 10% more torque for quicker acceleration. Paired with a new suspension that gives you more comfort and control on every ride. What does uncompromised freedom feel like? Why don't you find out for yourself? Discover more at h-d.com and live your legend. Compared with original equipment, 2016 Touring Models. When an automobile driver hits a motorcyclist, what is the first thing the driver says? I didn't see them. That's right after they have suddenly turned left into your path. When we crash our motorcycle, what is the first thing we say? I didn't see it in time. Could have been a deer, a decreasing radius corner, sand, or debris in your lane. The simple fact is most motorcycle accidents are preventable. And that is why I, Barry Boone of Talking Motorcycles, recommends clear water lights. The ability to see and be seen on our motorcycle is exactly how we prevent avoidable motorcycle accidents. When you call Clearwater Lights, you will speak to a real live person who specializes in you and quality products. Clearly, there's a brighter idea. Check them out at clearwaterlights.com. Well, welcome back to the show, Riders Call Home. Hello, everyone. I'm Barry Boone, your host, and we're excited to be focusing on Moto America here for 2017. As I discussed in our brief open, the um, 2017 Moto America FIM North American Road Race Championship is about to get in full swing as a part of the MotoGP weekend at uh, Circuit of the Americas in Austin, April 21st, 22nd, 23rd. And here to tell us all about that and so much more in the world of uh, Moto America is three-time MotoGP world champion Wayne Rainey. Welcome back, Wayne. It's going to be really good to have you on the show today. Well, thanks for having me, Barry. Uh, happy to be here. Uh, it's uh, been a while since we've had a chance to chat with you. I know you've had a busy, busy off-season. Uh, let's just get right into Moto America. What are the top three things that you are most excited about, Wayne, coming into 2017? Top three things. Well, the season is upon us. It's um, We are starting year three for Moto America. We have uh, a couple new racing venues this year at we have Sonoma coming back on board, and we have a new track at Pittsburgh. And uh, we have uh, this year is the most depth we've had in the Superbike class in years. And uh, I'm happy to have uh, the Honda-supported uh, Broster's Chicken uh, Danny Walker team back. So this is uh, this big news for us. It is big, and it's a big year because you've got uh, new teams, as you said, new bikes, new riders, 
<clears throat> and new rules in Superbike, including a new electronics package, uh, which I think is going to be really exciting to watch as the teams uh, develop this uh, slightly complex, perhaps, system. But uh, as they get, get it there, I think it's going to equal big-time step-up in performance. Am I right? Yeah, that's correct. We, uh, you know, when we started uh, Moto America, we wanted to try to entice the manufacturers back into the series. And so we thought it was best to line ourselves up with World Superbike, meaning now that, you know, basically the the Superbikes now are just, they're full-on racing weapons. And uh, the way that rules package uh, developed, it would have been real good for us. So it's easy to apply those uh those parts so we could have a very competitive superbike class here in moto america and uh you know we wanted to have a competitive series and uh we wanted to be able to bring more teams back and have the privateer teams have access to these parts and this is how we grow the the superbike class and and make sure we have depth in the field so yeah with this new electronics package it is uh it's quite complicated as any system is when you first go to, to adapt and, and develop it. But, uh, you know, the benefits are going to be real big for the fans. I think, um, you know, we'll be able to, especially when we go to Laguna Seca, we'll be able to line up and kind of see where we're at against the world superbike teams that are racing there and they're at their uh, world championship event at Laguna Seca. So, I'm looking at, you know, as we develop this, these packages and as the teams get their new bikes up to speed, I, I expect by July, we'll, uh, we'll see where we're at on the world stage. It's a big move. And I think when history is written uh, on this period in time for American road racing, I do believe that the, the top thing that's going to be written will be the, the biggest benefit. And that is how you guys have been able to align American superbike racing with the world stage, not only in your superbike rules, which now include a suspension upgrade, and I think that's going to be a visible change in, in the performance of the motorcycles. But in the bigger picture, I think, you know, the being sports deal, being on the same channel as World Superbike and MotoGP and all the great uh, relationships, I think, that you are developing around the world for the series. And we're seeing that with the influx of more um, of riders coming in from other countries to compete against the Americans. And that can't be seen as anything but a, a good step forward. No, that's right. I think, you know, the more competitive our series gets, then the more opportunities there are for riders uh, outside the, the U S to come and compete. You know, the, the AMA Superbike series used to be the series that everybody had to go through to get onto the world stage. You know, in the last 10, 15 years, that's, you know, that's changed quite a bit. But we want to put that emphasis back on our series, and we would like to have our series to be the series again that, uh, you know, when, if you can be very competitive in our, in our series, you should be able to step up into the world championship. So, you know, we think, we, we think we're about there. You know, last year, Cameron Bobier went over and raced in um, the Superbike round at Donington Park, and he was very competitive. And that was a big step for him because the bikes that they rode over there was quite a bit different than what we were using last year. But this year, you know, we're all on the same spec. So, you know, the only difference for us will be is that we're on a little better tire with Dunlop. Hey man, I'm a huge, huge fan of Dunlop. Everything in my garage has Dunlops on it too. Um, Wayne, another thing I think is significant that uh, it, uh, I may be mistaken here. I may be in some uncharted ground, but, from what I can tell, the uh, Suzuki GSXR, the new GSXR 1000, uh, the only place that I know of that the new chassis is being raced is here in America, and they're developing that here in America, which is no small thing. They may have chosen to go with it in World Superbike by now, but the last I read, that's the case. And getting the factories like Suzuki involved and Honda uh, is one of the things that I think all of us hardcore fans in America have been hoping for, and it, that to me, is a little sign that it's beginning to really develop. Well, that's right. You know, I think our rules package, uh, what we did this year with the suspension and electronics upgrade, uh, it you know, it shows that Moto America is developing uh, to a point that, uh, from what I understand, the Oshimura Suzuki team uh, out of Japan, uh, the effort to develop their new superbike, they've chosen uh, Moto America to do that uh, development. 
so I know there's a, they have a lot of Japanese engineers that are that are at the test that I went to to a couple weeks ago in Sacramento. Uh, I saw this. Uh, there's a big buzz about that bike. Uh, I watched it on the racetrack. It looks amazing and it sounds really good. Uh, I think uh, the the Suzuki team with their new weapon could be uh, you know a big force to be reckoned with. And we saw at the Coda test. Uh, uh, Roger and Tony Elias were first and second in uh, at the end of the test on lap times. Uh, that's you know that's that new bike just out of the box. But uh, you know Yamaha's uh, I, I believe they've won the championship the last four years, and so you know when you're on top, you always kind of look around going, okay, how can we keep getting better? And sometimes you know the other teams that haven't been winning especially the last 4 years they have to they know what they have to do to get better so it's going to be very interesting to see this battle battle unwind between these two uh manufacturers i expect it to be a, a very close battle and very exciting and again that's what's going to you know it's going to push the teams and the riders it's going to push moto america you know and then with Gagne there with the, you know uh with the honda uh bike it's going to be interesting what Honda does with that as they develop that, because you know Honda, being Honda, they they're used to winning. So it's going to be uh, an interesting season to say the to say the least. I'm I'm uh, certainly pulling for uh, ticket sales. You know, looking for more and more fans to begin to support the series. It's time, I think, for everybody in America who loves motorcycle racing to. Buy those tickets, you know, and come race. We're watching some of the best camera work and production values, I think, uh, ever in American road racing with the BN Sports package. Um, how's that looking? Is it changing any at all this year? Uh, can, what can we expect from the coverage? Yeah, you know, uh, so the first year when we got this, we had to stabilize rules. Last year, it was all about getting live TV, and we, uh, we did an agreement with BN TV. They've been an amazing uh, company to work with. They are really behind Moto America. They, you know, they, they love all the classes that we have. They want to promote all the classes. And you can see by last year how much TV time that we had. And, uh, yeah, but this year they wanted to upgrade the package. We have new graphics uh, for, uh, that you'll see on the, on the, on the show. Uh, we have, we're going to have some uh, onboard cameras this year. You know, we've got slow motion. So, uh, yeah, I mean, with, uh, with those guys there, I mean, being in on the same uh, TV show as uh, MotoGP and World Superbike, you can really kind of see just, you know, where we're at compared to the other, to the other uh, uh, championships. We're, we think with BN, we've got the, the best TV partner. And uh, now after, once you get the Austin race weekend behind us and we turn our attention to Road Atlanta, that, that is your first standalone race, April 28th, 29th, and 30th at a great venue. Um, what would you say to anyone who is thinking, man, you know, maybe I should go see a Moto America round. What would you say to that person to convince them to get on that motorcycle and make a, make a ride and, and book some hotels and buy some tickets? Well, as I said, you know, the first year with uh, stabilizing the sport, last year the TV, this year it's all about getting the fans to come back. I mean, this is really your series. You know, this is the American Championship. Uh, we want to root our American guys on, or root on the all the teams. We want to, you know, when you get to the track, as, as you've been seeing on uh, BN TV, the racing that we have is just amazing in every class. And, um when we go to uh, Road Atlanta, that's really our first standalone event. You know, we'll have the KTM class there. We'll have, uh, you know, both 600 classes and the top <laughs> 1,000 superbikes. And it's racing in every, in every class. It's very good racing in every class. But um, there's, there's a lot to do there, though, for the fans. We have a – there's a pass you can buy. It's called the Full Throttle Ticket. And you get on the hot pit. You get to go into Paul Carruthers' uh, press conferences. Uh, we have a free, an XDL freestyle championship. That's what these guys are doing all their tricks on their sport bikes, and that's, uh, that's going to be a, a huge uh, addition to our event. We got the Dunlop autograph session. So we got to, we're going to have a marching band with some drums, and this is gonna be, there's going to be bounce houses for the kids and Strider 
bicycles. So there's a lot going on for the family. So when you get there, it's just uh, there's something to do for everybody. But uh, the racing is just it's amazing. And it's, uh, you know, it's this is our it's our guys. So it's we need the, the fans to come back and support us. And, and let's let's keep building this thing up. Uh, yeah, and uh, Suzuki's going to be doing demo rides. I think that's big. And uh, J&P Cycles uh, will be will have their marketplace all set up. And I don't know that VIP full throttle ticket holder deal. I gives you uh, escorted hot pit access and all kinds of good things. I think that would be what I would choose if I were going to go spend a few extra bucks and get to see all the inside behind the scenes stuff. Uh, I want to say congrats and hats off to you guys for listening. I mean. You know, you only make about, you guys probably make about 150 decisions, you know, or or 200 or more in the off season. And the decision to reverse your decision about the gridding process for the KTM uh, Cup Series, hats off. I think that should speak volumes about your relationship with the teams and, and how important it is to you. Yes, you know, we, uh, you know, what we're doing this year that we didn't do uh, the last couple of years is that we've, we're going to have Saturdays going to have one of the superbike um, races where well, last year we had them both on Sunday. So that kind of changed the way the schedule worked. Uh, so that, that uh, in the beginning, it kind of, it, it took some time away from the KTM. So they, we couldn't do a, like a pre-grid and, st- and stuff like that. We were just going to go right to a, to a fast lap, but we've been able to uh, ju- work with BN and, and adjust the TV schedule. So we've got, you know, the KTM's got all their time back. But, um, yeah, you know, it's just sometimes these things uh, work out that way where you don't foresee uh, certain problems until somebody raises it. And this was, you know, sometimes you just don't catch it all the time. But, uh, you know, me being a racer, it's all it's very important for me that the teams and the riders have everything they need and uh, and and also the fans. So, yeah, we're we're getting there. Well, it's a great move because it, it gives the fans a, a better opportunity to get acquainted with the riders because, you know, during the gridding process, uh, announcers are talking about the various teams and riders and pointing them out. I think it just helps to further those young uh, up-and-coming stars' careers. I, I, for one, love the class. Uh, I always always felt like that was a great thing that you guys did. Well, year three is uh, certainly upon us, my friend, and all of us here at Talking Motorcycles wish you and the entire uh, Crave Group Moto America team, the best. And I'm looking forward to seeing you, uh, Wayne, in person at, at some rounds this year. And it's just exciting for all of us that, to see things getting kicked off here for 2017. And and at Coda, one of America's premier uh, tracks. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's amazing. It's um, I can't believe it's already upon us. Um, you know, the one thing I haven't mentioned is that we got a new class sponsor also uh, in Motul. And uh, so actually going back to Coda and uh, a lot of my old friends are, you know, they're racing in MotoGP, a lot of the teams, uh, members that I know, and always going to the first race for us at Moto America is, is uh, it's a good time for everybody to see each other again, but it's going to be really cool. Everybody's going to have their brand new leathers on, their brand new equipment, the new teams. There's a big buzz about the event. And, um, you know, we think... Uh, there's going to be some really good racing coming from, from, uh, from our series. And we're very excited about it, Barry. So yeah, we look forward to seeing you there. And, uh, and then, you know, the next round at the, the Suzuki championship of road Atlanta is just after that. So we have a good two weeks of racing coming up. So I hope the fans are ready and the teams. Cause I know we are. Oh, I know you are too. And I, uh, speaking of sponsorship deals, I saw where uh, Parts Unlimited, uh, who came on last year as a sponsor of the series, uh, are back uh, for 2017 with their fan appreciation stage. That's really, really cool. Uh, there will be a big part of the paddock, and they're one of those kind of sponsors you love, you know, because they activate. They really do. While I have you, I would also like to uh, to publicly say thank you to two of your guys that keep us posted throughout the year and. Uh, keep us up to speed and help us secure guys like you as guests. Uh, Paul Carruthers, great job, Paul. And uh, Wayne Matthew Miles uh, continues to blow me away with the great writing and his unique observations. So just two of the team, but uh, all of us here say thank you to those guys. Yeah, uh, for sure. Matthew and Paul, 
they do a really great job for us as Connor Barr and, and, uh, you know, and, you know, my partner, Chuck, Chuck Axelin, he works, he's constantly working on, uh, the operations of, uh, the series, making sure it's up and running. Of course, Richard Barner, you know, without him, we wouldn't even be here, uh, with, uh, with Moto America. So, uh, we have a lot of great people. They're all big enthusiasts, big passion for, uh, for what we do. And, uh, and I get a lot of support from, from, from my team. So, I'm just honored to be a part of them. Amen, brother. Hey, listen, it's noon here on the East Coast when we started this show, and it's 9 o'clock a.m. out on the Pacific. So um, hopefully you got a cup of coffee or two. And, yeah, you sound pretty much awake and ready, though. And thank you for for, uh, joining us here this morning and being a part of our show. And we look forward to having you back again at another point or two throughout the season. Well, Barry, even though it might be noon back there, but in California I start at 5 in the morning. So – I'm, you know, I'm almost ready for lunch. <laughs> All right. Wayne Rainey, ladies and gentlemen, joining us here from Moto America, talking about the upcoming season ahead and how exciting it is to get a chance to talk to Wayne Rainey anytime, especially here on the show where we can really go in depth and talk about Moto America. And again, for much more information about Moto America, you can go to MotoAmerica.com. It is all there. We're going to take a quick break in the program. And when we come back, we will be joined by our good friend, George Latus here on the show. And man, I just can't wait to talk to before we go to break though. I would like to say that this section of the program is brought to you by Clearwater lights and uh, recently having an opportunity to come back from Jacksonville, right down the coast, a one a the coastal highway from Jacksonville to Daytona. Many of you have ridden that beautiful stretch of uh, Americana. Uh, the ocean would be off to your immediate left right there alongside the road. And well, it gets foggy and it gets rainy. And a couple of Mondays ago, it did exactly that. And I was so blessed that I had a set of Clearwater Ericas on the Electroglide Ultra Classic. Um, The Ericas with their lime yellow filter cut through the fog like it wasn't there. I'm not joking and I'm not exaggerating. It is so important that we as motorcyclists can see what lies ahead. It's equally as important that other motorists can see us. And so I, I say the ability to see and be seen are the single top, thing that we can do as motorcyclists to stay alive. And that is why I recommend Clearwater Lights to everybody. Check them out at clearwaterlights.com. We're heading to our second break. And when we come back, the latest motors racing team will be in the house in the form of George Latus. Don't go away. isn't the sound of an engine it's the sound of a moment an experience of your heart beating stronger than ever it's the sound of discovering more this is the sound of the 2017 harley davidson touring bikes taking you on an unforgettable journey powered by the all-new milwaukee 8 engine and equipped with a new suspension that gives you more confidence comfort and control so you feel the difference discover more at h-d.com and live your legend compared with original equipment 2016 touring models And we do welcome you back to the show. Riders Call Home. Talking Motorcycles is live from Daytona Beach, Florida today. And we've got some exciting news coming up for you about our show. We are about to go to um, the what we call terrestrial airwaves as well as the uh, internet airwaves. And that news is going to be announced here in the next uh, week or two, perhaps. And in about six weeks or so, we will launch our uh, on-air studio version alongside our internet show. So Talking Motorcycles is certainly growing, and we thank you for that, because if you didn't listen, we would have no reason whatsoever to be here. This portion of the show is brought to you by our friends at Dunlop Motorcycle Tires, who recently introduced the new Sportmax Q3 Plus that I will talk to you about at uh, the end of this segment of the program. But with no further ado, it's time to welcome back my good friend, a great friend of the show and motorcyclist everywhere, George Latus. Hello. Hey, Barry. How are you? Man, I'm good. And thank you for joining us this morning. Uh, it's noon here, but it's it's definitely morning out in the uh, Oregon region. How's your off-season been, and how are things at the dealerships? Let's start right there. Well, the off-season has been uh, pretty good. Of course, uh, you know, there's a lot to do in the off-season because you end up um, – 
even though it's uh, it's only a, a, a limited number of races still it's a long grind and the crew and myself included uh, we don't do this full time so there's a lot of flying back and forth and trying to keep uh, you know the the, the uh, businesses going and and for some of the crew members trying to keep uh, their jobs and their careers and their families going and so on so at the end of the season everybody's looking for somewhat of a rest and all of us uh, enjoyed that but right away we get right back at it trying to make whatever improvements we can on the bikes uh, trying to line out a program and secure funding and so on so that we can go forward for the next year I was taking a look at um, uh, all the liveries you know the new paint packages and all the bikes and I couldn't help but notice the uh, nice quicksilver uh, power sports lubricants decals on the Kawasaki uh, it's good to see that you are uh, retaining your relationship with Quicksilver Power Sports Lubricants. And uh, tell us a little bit about how that package is working out for them and how it's working out for you. Well, that package, we started with uh, Quicksilver last year. And obviously, as you know, Quicksilver is a division of Mercury Marine. And uh, these guys are great, great partners. We couldn't ask for a better relationship with them. And they got interested. They have their own Quicksilver Lubricants division. And these guys are not just lubricant repackagers. They have their own uh, people that formulate the lubricants and they do the work right there and so on. So it's been pretty interesting for us. And part of what was interesting is we've had oil sponsors in the past that have been very good sponsors, good partners, and have good products. But with Quicksilver, it was the first time we ever got a phone call from their lubrication engineers. And they said, well, what, what are you guys looking for? Well, you know, we don't know. We don't know what to tell them exactly. But the kind of interesting thing was they were very familiar with all the other major players. And we talked about some of the things we'd seen wear-wise and so on in our years of racing a lot of different motorcycles and so on. And so they said, well, hey, we think we can blend you some very good product, which they did. And they said, what, the way we'd like to test that is we will have you send periodic oil samples to us and we'll analyze those to see if there's any abnormal wear that we're seeing and we did that three or four times during last season and 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 they saw we saw no abnormal wear and the product has worked really really well for us and so they are very interested in and are and are currently into the power sport lubricant business not only on the marine side but their newest venture is to get into the uh, power sports side with uh, motorcycles snowmobiles and ATVs so they've been really really great guys they're very, very sharp on the engineering front. They, uh, they're kind of the 800-pound gorilla, I think, in the marine industry, kind of like Harley-Davidson is in the, in the motorcycle uh, business. Uh, they have a huge portion of that market share. And it's kind of interesting. I didn't know this until we got further in, 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 uh, in partnership with them, is they actually build their own marine. It's a 500-and-some cubic inch twin-turbocharged V8 offshore boat racing engine makes about 1,650 horsepower. We had the opportunity when we visited their facility there in, uh, in uh, Wisconsin that they actually took us out on the lake in one of their boats, uh, test boats that was powered by that thing, and we saw 127 miles an hour on the water, which is just flying in this thing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, that, did you have a seatbelt and roll cage or what? No, no seatbelt and roll cage, but they made sure that we had really good life jackets on. <laughs> and they, well, that'll, they told that'll, us it would probably be a good idea to stay seated. I would think so. I try to anyway. 127 mile an hour on the water, man. That had to feel like 300 to me, I would think. But yeah, it's cool. I mean, I didn't realize they built their own engines, but I do love that they are taking that kind of active involvement because it, they are going to learn from the uh, Moto America experience and your engine wear or lack thereof, hopefully, like last year. But I, I, speaking of last year, you know, when I look ahead, um, I can't do that without looking backwards. And I know you have developed, a, you and the team and Bobby have all gelled. Bobby Fong, your rider, you've developed a real good team spirit there. I feel it every time I talk to Bobby. Uh, the Quicksilver Power Sports Lubricants Latest Motors Racing ZX-10R had a good year last year with Bobby twisting the throttle uh, nine times on the podium. Uh, four times on the top step on the podium and finishing second uh, overall in the season standings in Superstock 1000. Very, very impressive. It seems to me there is nowhere to go but the top step at the end of the season. What do you think? What are your chances? What do you got to do different to uh, win the title for Bobby? 
Well, we think we think we have a good chance. Uh, the big uh, there, there were some challenges for us. Obviously, it was a brand new bike, but it is a very very good motorcycle right out of the box. Uh, probably the toughest thing for us was learning about the electronics because every other motorcycle we have run has never had the level of sophistication electronically with engine management, traction control, wheelie control, launch control. All of that stuff was new to us. And it's kind of tough with the Kawasaki because we, we, we have, we're not getting any engineering help from them. Um, and I think that's basically because they don't have anybody in the U.S. that's real familiar with that stuff. So we can't go and ask people questions about, hey, exactly how does this stuff work and how are these algorithms and so on developed. So pretty much everything we've done electronically, we've had to do it kind of on our own. And I think we've made some substantial progress last year. I mean, every time it seemed like we were learning more and more about how to how to manipulate the electronics and so on. So I think, and I don't, I don't think that's totally true for just us. I think it's it's on a lot of these motorcycles, I think making the horsepower is the easy part. Putting that to the ground in an effective way, that's the hard part, and that is managed by, in large part anymore by the electronics in conjunction with, with the input from the rider. So I think we're somewhat ahead of the game, but at the same time, I'd be naive to think that other teams in the offseason haven't worked just as hard as we've worked. And I have kind of a saying, I say it kind of jokingly, but uh, in all the years I've been doing this, it never gets any easier or any cheaper. And I don't think that this 2017 race season is going to be much different. There's some strong competitors. There's great teams out there. Uh, the series is great. And, uh, yeah, we uh, we think we've got a good chance of, of uh, taking home the, the top prize this year. But there's several other teams that uh, – have the same goal, so it's going to be it's going to be some good competitive racing, and it's going to be really fun to watch for the fans. I like the ZX10R. Now I've always felt like they had a really tough engine package, a really great, well-built motorcycle that was durable, uh, that held up well, and was highly competitive. In light of the uh, Suzuki involvement for 2017, really stepping up, and of course Yamaha, such a force. Uh, I do not see how Suzuki. Uh, and, and the involvement of Honda now as well in a, in a ma more major way. I do not see how uh, Kawasaki can keep from really stepping up and, and getting more involved as, I don't know why you're not a full-blown factory effort, but I guess you do. Well, I, it's, it's, it's somewhat of a mystery to us, but Kawasaki have chose to approach things in a somewhat different way. Uh, a couple of things, Barry. I think the motorcycle business is not nearly as healthy these past few years at, as it's been in the past, so I think uh, factories don't have the disposable money to to fund racing programs that they have had in the past. And I think Kawasaki used a little different approach. Number one is they have a very generous contingency program. So, and that goes throughout, obviously, Moto America, but also down into the club level. The other thing they have decided to do is to make the kit bike parts available at a fairly reasonable cost, which they've done. And, of course, they build a good motorcycle, but the other part of that is that there's only so much money to spend, and they have chosen to spend that uh, uh, in their motocross and supercross programs. And I sort of understand that. Uh, uh, do I wish that we had more support on this end, including maybe some kind of technical support that would help us through some of the electronics? Uh, I wish we had that, but uh, we don't this year. So we're hopeful. <laughs> I guess I'm eternally hopeful that maybe it will change next year. Yeah, well, me too, because I think it's time. I mean, I think they have to know it's time as well. I do like that they're putting money into the contingency package. That helps more teams. But the thing about it is, you are the flag waver. You know, you're the standard bearer. And I'm not fussing at anybody. I'm just pointing out the obvious. It, it costs a lot of money to keep those semi-rigs rolling out the highway. Uh, the cost of racing doesn't, as you said, it, it doesn't get any cheaper. It goes the other direction. And as for my money, I think this would be the time and, and I, and maybe they'll, maybe they will, maybe they won't, but I'm still, I still can't look at the results from last year and not get really excited because, and you too, I mean, you have to realize that just one more step up the ladder um, is all it takes to win yourself a title. And I know that would mean a lot to you and the team. How about Bobby? Um, you've known Bobby a while now. You guys have been together for some years. Um, You've been doing racing since, I guess, 06 or before this team. Um, you've seen a lot of good riders. You've seen great riders. How's Bobby progressing? Uh, where, where's his strengths, and does he have – where are his weaknesses? 
Well, I think Bobby, uh, Bobby's a great writer and just, just a great guy. I, I really enjoy working with him, but I've been really blessed. I mean, every writer I've worked with, it seems like I've, I've really enjoyed that I- experience, and they've all put in a, a great effort for me. Uh, as far as strengths for Bobby, I don't think that there is a more fit writer on the circuit than Bobby Fong. He works very, very hard at his, uh, at his level of physical fitness, so there's never a question about him being fit and in shape. Uh, the thing that I did last year, which I think helped Bobby out a lot, is I saw, as I had seen some years ago in other writers, um, that I thought that they needed some help with what I would call the mental aspect of racing. So I got him hooked up with Joe Kopp, former Grand National Dirt Track winner and great friend. And Joe and I worked together a lot of years on different things, including his race program. And some years ago, I got Joe hooked up with a, uh, some, some mental coaching folks from the automotive world, and it made a night and day difference in Joe's performance on the racetrack. So Joe then took that in his retirement and is doing some of that coaching along with his rider schools uh, with his Secrets of Speed program, and I had him work pretty extensively with Bobby last year. And I think it settled Bobby down. Uh, it helped him approach racing from a little different perspective, and I think the one thing it, it, it does is it, it works with riders and it shows them how to win races from the mental aspect, which is... A, a pretty big deal. So I think Bobby's coming along very well. He had an opportunity to go over to Europe, do a little racing over there last year, kind of a one-off deal, but uh, that was a good experience for him. And I think the other thing that he, that we've shown him is he's got confidence in the bike, he's got confidence in the team, and last year he saw that he could go out and he could win races, and sometimes pretty dramatically. So I think we'll see a continued development of Bobby this year. I don't know that we'll see the quantum leaps forward that we've seen in previous years, but uh, we're excited about it, and we're 100% behind the man. i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to take a quick break, final one in the show. We've just got a few minutes left. I want to talk to you a little bit about flat track after the break. That'd be okay? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. George Latus, our second guest on this show, and we're going to take a quick break in the program. As we get set to go to break, though, I do have to tell you, uh, this is a news flash for some of you that may not know this. Uh, but uh, coming in May of 2017, the all-new Dunlop Sportmax Q3 is on the market, and will be uh, all the sizes will be available soon, uh, offering way more longevity on the street and the track. Here's the thing about the Sportmax already. The Sportmax Q3 tire has a confidence-inspiring feel on the street and on the racetrack with its grip and its stability that nothing else offers in my view. And what Dunlop has done is they have changed, improved, redesigned 80% of the Q3 and reintroduced it as the Q3 Plus. It's the only hypersports tire made in the USA. It was designed at Dunlop's Buffalo, New York headquarters, manufactured in the Buffalo plant on the same high-tech production equipment as they built Dunlop Racing Tires, tested at their Huntsville Proving Grounds. This is truly a product of America and the only only tire available, sport bike tire, made in America for your motorcycle. They uh, use all of their best technologies in this package. Carbon fiber uh, is utilized uh, to reinforce the sidewalls. The um, tread pattern has minimum tread grooves. They're long in length to ensure wet weather performance. I'm talking longer sipes. It has their patented uh, intuitive response profile which they learned from superbike racing, giving you latitude, inline choice while cornering. I feel it on the street. You can change your position in the mid-corner. If there's debris in the road or a problem and you need to change uh, your line, you can do a quick mid-corner line change with intuitive response profile. And multi-tread technology, which they're using in almost all their tires now, which is a silica-infused long-wearing compound in the center of the tread, and special lateral grip compounds on the left and right shoulders. Outstanding grip, stability, steering feel, and longevity on the street and the track is what the new Sportmax Q3 Plus promises. And if the Sportmax Q3 is a real test of what they're capable of, then I am uh, voting this to probably be one of the, if not the best, uh, track day and street bike hyper sports tire uh, in the world for your motorcycle. We'll take a quick break. We'll be right back with just a couple of more minutes with our good friend, George Latus. Don't you go away now. We're going to talk American flat track when we return and see what George is thinking about the series. And I want to know, when is he coming back? 
Dunlop is the largest supplier of original equipment and replacement motorcycle tires in the U.S. and the only motorcycle tires made in America. With operations headquartered in Buffalo, New York, Dunlop has been making and selling high-quality tires in the U.S. since 1923. With an unparalleled championship record, Dunlop race tire technology transfers directly to the street. Dunlop, the only tire for your motorcycle made in America. This portion of the Talking Motorcycles program is powered by Bell Power Sports, Bell Helmets. And we'll talk about that a little bit at the end of our show here. We only have a few more minutes left with uh, George Latis. George, have you been watching, following any of the 2017 um, American Flat Track Tour this year? Oh, yeah. Uh, I still, uh, I don't know if you say my heart is in it, but, uh, you know, I got involved in flat track very early on and uh, sponsored a program and had a team there for quite a number of years. I love that sport. And uh, what Michael Locke and some of the new uh, the new uh, uh, management crew have done with that series uh, this past season, I think, is just phenomenal. So I think uh, flat track is going to see a real big resurgence in, in this country, and it seems like it's getting some worldwide interest. Well, it is. And, you know, they're selling tickets, which I think is uh, the key in all professional sports. Um, uh, first two rounds, Daytona had about 9,500 spectators, which is more than the modern era has produced in two nights of Grand National Racing on the short track at Daytona. That is huge. And then uh, round two up at Woodstock, Georgia, was a massive crowd up there at a first-time venue and a great first-time venue. And I think the second uh, year at Charlotte might not have been quite as successful as everybody hoped it would be. Uh, from a uh, spectator standpoint, numbers-wise, but yet good. But you got that whole Harley versus Indian spectacle that's going on. Uh, first time in 50 years, those two brands have gone at it. And then there's still a host of really great Kawasaki teams, even though uh, Ricky Howerton has moved to India, and there are still some strong players on Kawasaki's and a Yamaha or two doing well. Uh, I, for one, miss... Uh, and you can comment on any of that you want to. And I, for one, miss the presence of uh, the KTMs, the Ducatis, and the Triumphs. You know, Bill Gately's not out there yet this year. I understand he's going to uh, hit some rounds later on in the year, but it sure would be nice to uh, have a Triumph. But more than anything, it'd be nice to have you guys back in flat track. Are you entertaining that, thinking about it? Yeah, we're kind of watching it. Uh, uh, once again, it's a funding issue. You know, I just cannot quite honestly, do both things and do them both well. Uh, we had to sort of decide it was fun running both teams at, at one time. And one of the things that made that very possible is we got some pretty good financial and uh, technical support from Triumph. And uh, they decided to move in another direction, so we did not have that. Uh, we were not able to put any kind of a program together with any kind of financial help or sponsorship with uh, the motor company. So we just decided to kind of sit it out and to, and to put our full efforts into the Moto America road race end of things. But I'm still kind of watching it. And the big curiosity for me is where is the series going to go? Is it going to lean more towards production-based engines? Or are they going to allow these sort of one-off race-only motors and race-only motorcycles like the Indian? Uh, or are they going to move in that direction? Because that's a very, very good and very sophisticated motorcycle. Kind of interesting, you know, Joe Kopp rode that, uh, did some testing with it, rode it pretty successfully, and Joe made his whole career and made a, quite a decent living for himself on the the uh, XR750, and so I asked Joe, after he'd done some testing with it, I said, where is that Where is that better than the XR750? And Joe said, George, I think it's better everywhere. Uh, so it is a much newer package, and that's not to take anything away from the XR, because that motorcycle was a groundbreaking machine dirt track-wise, and it literally dominated dirt track racing for decades. But it's now a new ball game. So we're kind of waiting to see where things are going to go. Uh, it looks like to me that in order to have um, a, uh, to take a, a, a street-type motorcycle and make it successful in that venue, it's got to put down power in a certain manner, and it's got to be able to rev up. And some of the designs that we've looked at, uh, you know, taking street bikes and making them into dirt trackers, uh, some of them uh, are not going to allow them to turn the kind of RPM and have the kind of over-rev I think it needs to win some of these races, and especially on the miles. And the, 
program is getting to be more and more of the long racetracks, which is exciting racing, but that call that calls for somewhat of a different motor than uh, and a different package than than it does to win some of the, sh the shorter tracks, you know, maybe the half miles and three-eighths miles. So we're watching it. I would like to get back into it. If the deal was right, why we would probably do it. You know, I've got some of the infrastructure and so on in place. I think Joe would get back involved in it, maybe as a development rider. I, I know that he does not want to go back on the Grand National Circuit full-time, but he's a great, talented guy development-wise, and he ran the team for me for several years and and uh, brings a lot to it. So if the... If the Right opportunity came while we would look at getting back reinvolved. Well, I think the sport needs you, and I hope that uh, comes to pass. You hit on some real big points. Um, we're about to know a lot more, I think, in the coming weeks uh, than we know right now because uh, heretofore we've been on basically short tracks in TT, and now we're getting into the mile stretch. Uh, Arizona Mile's up next, then the Sacramento Mile, then the Springfield Mile. Even just after those next three rounds, I think we're going to know a lot more because I think there's some XR750s that are – Sammy Halbert did really well against the Indian – uh, had he not, uh, some would say, been taken out, others would say just it was a racing deal, however you come down on that. But had he not gone down, maybe he would have given the Indian fits in the main. We don't know that. Um, on the miles, it could be uh, it could be some Kawasaki stepping up. But you're right, the Indian's a high-revving, purpose-built engine. Your larger question is probably the one most interesting because I think the market, the flat track scene was turning more towards production base. Even Harley was getting set to go with their XG750 uh, street bike motor uh, converted for racing. And uh, suddenly the Indian hits the scene as a pretty much purpose-built flat track motorcycle by uh, the company uh, Swiss Auto a division of Polaris over, as you know, uh, in Switzerland, and that thing is specific, and whether they make it into a production bike or not, though they promised they would, uh, is yet to be seen. But, man, there are, that is going to be a force to be reckoned with coming down the pike, and as a team owner, I guess that is what you're looking at. What is it going to take to compete? Because you don't want to do something where you cannot win. Exactly, and that that's a very good motorcycle, but at the same time, when I saw the pricing on it, it's a, I think it's a forty or $45,000 motorcycle, and you need two of them plus a bunch of spares. So that's going to greatly limit, I think, the amount or the the access of that motorcycle to privateers. I mean, building an XR750 was expensive enough, and probably the Indian maybe will have less maintenance. But I think the whole idea behind this thing, at least from my my take on it, Barry, is that they want to make it accessible where a a, a young rider can move up into into the uh, I guess they call it uh, Grand National One or whatever the new name of it is. Uh, where you run the twins, and I think that's sort of the idea with Harley, with the XG750. I know there's been some talk with uh, Yamaha with with their uh, uh, dirt track version of the um, of that little uh, uh, 700. And yep. um, you know, if they could make, uh, if the factories could come out with a race ready package that was reasonably priced, and I don't know just what that is, but it's not forty five thousand dollars. You know, I think that would really be a, a boost to the sport. So it'll be interesting to see how the rules, how the rules, how the rules translate and how they develop, especially this year. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, we we and a, a new format and stuff. It's uh, everything has changed at American Flat Track for 2017 uh, and beyond. So uh, the future has not happened yet. That's why they play the games. It has been so much fun. I know you and I could we could talk on the phone for two hours. And on the show, I know we could do more than that, um, but I thank you for taking time out to be with us and really looking forward to watching Bobby Fong uh, on the machine starting uh, at CODA and moving through the year and truly hoping that you guys have a very safe, injury-free, and uh, super competitive year and perhaps win that championship. I, I for one, would be uh, a big fan of that happening for you guys with all the work and time and money and energy you have put behind that program. Well, it's, uh, that's, that's great to hear, and, and really at the end of the season, as long as everybody comes home safe, and not just our rider, but everybody, why, that makes for a good year. That's a fact. That's uh, We'll end on that, because on that, we can all agree. George, thank you so much. Have a great day, and thanks again for being on Talking Motorcycles with us today. Thanks, Barry. Always fun, and to all the fans listening out there, hey, come on out and uh, buy a ticket and come to the races. You won't regret it. There you go. Buy a ticket. Now, let me tell you a little story. Uh, this segment of the show is brought to you by Bell Helmets. Well, I haven't told anybody this, but I'm going to tell you. Tuesday, the guy that rides 40, 50,000 miles a year has over a million miles. That would be me. 
of motorcycling experience in my lifetime made a riding mistake. Um, on a 1989 Honda Transalp, I ran into the back of a stopped Toyota Camry at about 25 miles an hour, put myself on the ground, did a little damage to the Camry. To the Honda's credit, it rode home. Uh, I, uh, wearing my Bell um, Mag 9, did well. I, had a, I have a pretty badly uh, ugly kind of a bruisey, bleeding scar under my nose that's trying to heal where I hit the windshield on the Transalp. And I couldn't help but think about uh, perhaps I should consider wearing the Bell Star on a regular basis, the full face star. I don't know if you've seen it or not, but it's $449.95. They've really made the star an affordable package for us. And it's been around since 67. I think it's the best helmet uh, for the money in the world. I really do. And this new star that's just out, it's more of an evolution of its predecessor. But let me spare you the boring details and tell you it's lightweight, it flows air through the vending when open uh, like nothing else. <clears throat> it has a larger eye port. It has new technologies that allow it to be uh, much safer for you. It's, um, it, you can wear eyeglasses under it real easy. It has the Trimax composite shell, which is aramid, carbon fiber, and fiberglass. With all the strength of a carbon fiber in a way more budget-protecting package, and the new uh, Ecstatic X-T2 Silver Liner, which is antimicrobial yet washable, but it provides bacteria and odor protection. This is a fine world-class helmet for the money, and I highly recommend all motorcyclists to wear a helmet, uh, and my recommendation always is to wear Bell. Thank you for listening to this portion of uh, the Talking Motorcycles program and the entire show, as a matter of fact. Many thanks to our guest, Wayne Rainey, uh, for joining us to catch us up on all things Moto America. You can keep it tuned here to uh, Talking Motorcycles throughout 2017. We're going to have a lot of riders on. We're going to a lot of teams, and we will get updates throughout the year. Uh, between every round, we intend to have a show. Uh, that is going to make it uh, sometimes a little busy around here, but we are definitely going to do that. For all of our partners that make this show happen, and all of us here at Talking Motorcycles, we say thank you. Thank you for sharing it on social media. For those of you that listen on iTunes, tell your friends how easy it is to do. And on the podcast app you already have on your phones. Most people don't know that. That's the easiest. Till next time, ride hard, ride safe.